Welcome to the 1878 FM podcast. There is episode 16. I'm back after an absence last week. Got to broke up the Tarkovsky Cody combination. Me and Dave last week, ever present. I I succumbed. I'm I'm I was I was disappointed. I yeah. really really was because I, I, I had a feeling. I mean, I knew I knew that Bush would would let us down yeah. on a bi-weekly basis. Of course. That's a given. We know that. And and obviously, you know, Ped can be temperamental, yeah, and Ped just goes missing and, and yeah. whatever. But I just had a feeling that you and me, Baz, I thought that we were, Amazing. you know, we we were a rock um, or a pair of rocks at the back that couldn't yeah. be broken up. And and when you weren't here last week, it, it left me floundering some, yeah. somewhat. I can only apologise. I really wasn't mm. well. Uh, I wouldn't have missed it, although I failed a late fitness test. But I knew Ped was back with stories of. You know, bringing Christmas yeah. to the people, yeah. being to the Christmas yeah. capital of the world, it, spreading that it joy. Is. That it is. Um, I, then I remembered what pets like, and I thought and that I won't spread, quite happen. I, I was spreading uh, everything I could get my hands on. There, you, there you go. There I you mean, go. I, I think I think the problem I think the problem that Bush found last week yeah. is that not only did he discover just how Christmassy Ped was, mm, but yeah. he also discovered just how Christmassy I am. Yeah. And when those two things collide. Boom! It was like heart to heart. It was like heart to heart. I mean, we went baubles deep, didn't we? And Bush didn't know what to do with himself. Didn't know what to do with himself. Think about. I mean, did you? Is Bush not here just simply because Dave Berry gets a week off for Christmas? That what it is? Probably great, isn't it? Also, by the way, why does what does that mean? Anything? Because I've worked on breakfast radio once or twice, and the thing is that I'm aware of the fact that you finished that shift at about ten ish. So why and, and and this by the way, this this is being recorded at lunchtime. We normally yeah. record it about midday, don't we? Yeah. So why on earth is he unavailable for comment at the moment? Because surely this is the best time for him to be. Around. But to be yeah. fair though, he does work for a radio station where you have to do about twelve shifts a day. Mm. There's about eighteen radio stations, and honest to God, if you if you've got a DAB and you press any, honest to God, you can press a button and at two o'clock. Bush will be there. Go back at four and press like I don't know, absolute robots or something, and he's on it. Press another button, absolute vampires. He's on it at like yeah, eight o'clock. Did he just replay that? The, the well, he breakfast. did last week. He did give us a little bit of. Um, I'm sure Dave was aware of this, but he gave us a little bit of radio secret insight last really? week. Yeah, he basically said it's all a big con, and they all sit in their undies at home yeah. and just record stuff dead quick, and mm. then and then that. And but the thing about it, Dave, you're absolutely right because I remember when you were on said morning radio show mm. and at about 10 past 10 you were in the pub well I mean that's an exaggeration I mean it was Four normally past. about 10 past 11 to be <laughs> fair um, and also that was a very long time ago that was when I was young and immature and actually you know when, when you're 23 and 24 and bulletproof you can do that sort yeah, of thing yeah. day in day out not so much as I as I got more mature um, but yeah you're right I mean it, but I, I still I fail to understand why midday to one is not a good time for Mr. Bush when he's just done Dave Berry's show on the on the radio. Oh, apologies by the noise in the background, by the way. It's been day to day. Can you not? Amazing. You've soundproofed it. a professional. That's it. Well, you know, I try my best. You've soundproofed it. Well, the kangaroo core for Bush is a uh, regular, you know, he's turning into someone we can't rely on. To be fair, though, as as he goes higher in on the radio spectrum, mm. we will probably see less of him. You know, mm. it is. It I is, don't accept that. It is. Well, no. You're I mean, either committed or you're not. Yeah, but would you would you describe his career currently as being on the climb? Because no, you know, he hasn't been on Channel Five Talking Head show once. 
Okay, fine. I mean, you know I know, I, mean? I know, I know. By contrast, mine is very much on the slide. You no, know, but, they, but I don't know whether he's on the way up or not. Dave, you're in a different. You're you've stepped aside from being the man in front of camera now. You're the man behind the mic. You're very much. You know what your role is now. You took all that experience mm. and you moved. They, it, Andy is a man who should definitely be on a top ten list on Channel Five somewhere, or basically <laughs> talking about Aldi at Christmas. On Channel Five, he mm. should be narrating something, shouldn't yeah. he? You know, yeah. he's got a he's got a velvety yeah. voice, mm. and he should be. Nar- In fact, he's got one. You know, we've seen what he does on Twitter. We see how everyone pops up with like the pictures of personations. Surely, some satellite channel by now should have given him his own Shabaka. show. Just to find Bravo, should they give Andy, him Andy, Andy, yeah, Bravo, Bravo. Yeah. Bush, Bush on Bravo. Yeah, yeah. Bush on Bravo. I mean, Bravo. there you go, Bob. Yeah, know what I mean. Bravo on Bush. That was, I mean, yeah. many, you I mean know. anything, anything on Bush. Bravo. Remember that Johnny Bravo. The yeah, uh, yeah. You know, Dave. I, I th- see. I still, I still think for you there might be a resurgence. It's whether you've got it in you. That's the difference. Yeah. It's whether you want to take it. It's the, mm. we've just seen Lionel Messi yeah. very much coming towards the end of his career, yeah, crowned the greatest. You know, one. I mean, this is so. a phenomenal and a, and a ridiculous comparison. But carry on. But there you go. <laughs> Mm. And the, and many would have said after you know Russia and and uh, Brazil that that was his mm. moment gone, and yet he hasn't thought that he's gone. No, no. I might be thirty six playing yeah. for Argentina, who aren't very good yeah. in terms of like they haven't got a, a team full of superstars. They've got some great players as well, but he's took it. And I I still look at you and think there's definitely strictly or I'm a celebrity waiting for you. No, and I then, told you. No, no I'm telling it's, you. No, it's gone. That, that, no, that, I'll be that, honest, Dave. No. I have no idea who the fellas won, who won strictly. Exactly. I, mean, I, I don't have no know idea who, who he is. I and don't that's, even... not, that's not against no. him. No, no. To be, to, be, to be fair, though, of all the years, and, and there's a lot of people level this at these, these various different shows year on year, and they say, I don't know anybody. And, and, and to be fair, normally that's more of a slight on their own knowledge of popular culture. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that's with you, but I'm saying that's with certain people. However, I have yeah. to say that this year the winner... Hamza wasn't it I yeah. didn't see the final but Hamza who is a I think he's a wildlife cameraman is he yeah I think he's a he's a documentary uh, maker um, comes across I'll be honest with you I'd never heard of him before mm-hmm. the show I saw the odd moments of the show with my mom um, he came across as a thoroughly mi- nice man yeah. in my opinion yeah. and uh, and and a worthy winner because of his journey I would imagine um, but yeah I'd never heard of him beforehand um, and I think most people will be in the same camp but um, uh, that, that that ship has sailed for me as much as it's um, it's very nice of you well, you, we are that. talking about like obviously we have come to the end of a major tournament we so are. There you have, but going back to your past glories while we've mm. got you on this give us I mean t- so you have you have literally commentated on a major football tournament yes okay it was via the red button oh the red button stuff yeah so yeah. give us give us a little bit of insight into that because it's that i mean i mean someone some you know being on high on mm-hmm. a high you commentated on the red button on a major tournament so give us a little bit of insight on that one it was just really odd. i mean well firstly there, there wasn't a huge amount of pressure on 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 the basis that it was seen largely as a joke and so that's always that's always the best sort of get out whereby you know that people aren't listening to you necessarily for the match commentary you know um you know guy mowbray wasn't having any sleepless nights in terms of what we were doing 
Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no, it was just quite fun. So the way that they did it is obviously they fed through the live feed of the game, and myself and Moyles were in the studio there. Um, and then they had our studio linked up to the red button feed, which meant that for those that, that aren't aware, this was just like a sort of special little joke feature that we did. So if you wanted to watch whatever that World Cup game was and you wanted to have the alternative commentary as it was known by me and Chris, then that's what you could have. So, you know, you could either have proper commentary or you could have us two dickheads talking shite for, for you know, 90 minutes. And, and, and some people chose to, to do that. To be fair, you, you, know, you got years and years out of radio out of it. So Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's something that we knew we could do. I mean, you know, sort of uh, just filling for that long was something that we, we, we were aware was in, was in our locker. Um, mm-hmm. But that said, um, it was actually quite an interesting process in so much as you realize that thing where you do have to kind of mm. fill time to yeah. an extent and you do have to try your best to paint the pictures uh for those um and yeah it's a, it's a sort of discipline that that you've never really thought of mm. before but it was actually quite genuinely quite fun having a go at it um and and pretending you know for a short time anyway to be someone like a Martin Tyler or a Guy Mowbray or or or, or Darren Fletcher or whoever you want to to put in there. What year was that? I'm trying to think. Um, so was, was it not the Euros that you spent the whole time in? Port? So we so so what we did, what we the, the first the first tournament that we went out for was the Euros in 2000, which was in Holland and Belgium, right? Yeah. Um, and for that one, we just used to we 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 flew back and forth because it's not far, is it? Yeah. So we just sort of flew in and out for the games, and it and it was great. It was brilliant. And then uh, 2002 was obviously Japan South Korea. We were never going to get anywhere near that. It was too expensive. So so that wasn't going to happen as a as an outside broadcast. 2004 was Portugal. Mm. So we went out there for Portugal, which was brilliant. You know, and we basically spent a month out there. We um, they hired us this villa. And so we were broadcasting the show every day from this villa in Portugal. Um, and I kid you, and Chappers was out there as well. So me and Chappers are, are sharing a, a, a twin bedroom upstairs. We're kind of like the naughty kind of teenage, you know, brothers, right? And then there's various different combinations of sleeping arrangements throughout the house. Um, and, um, and yeah, you know, Chappers was sitting there with his feet in the pool and whatever, or sat on a lilo doing his 3.30 sports bulletin into Scott Mills' show and literally going <laughs> to go, right, more in an hour, and then jump, jump straight in the pool. Um, <laughs> we, we did that. We did that for, for a month, and it was amazing. 2006 was World Cup in Germany. Germany we went out yeah. to that as well uh, in a slightly lesser capacity because in the meantime, in around 2005, then obviously um, things had, had got a bit tighter in terms of BBC budgets and, mm. and, uh, and whatnot and accountability. So that was slightly sort of cut back. And then 2008 was the Euros in Poland, wasn't it? Poland and Austria? Yeah, Spain won, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't do anything for that one. And then obviously 10 was South Africa. I reckon it was 2010 we did that alternative commentary. I think it was South Africa. Yeah. Um, you had a good run then. You had a good run at tournaments, didn't you? You'd done a few. Yeah, well, we did. Well, we did, yeah. We, we did Holland and Belgium. Mm-hmm. We did Portugal was, was the biggie. And then we yeah. did Germany. Um, and then that's sort of when our, our luck ran out a little bit. <laughs> and well, rather budgets had run out because we'd gone and blown it all in Portugal in a, you know. in a villa. In a villa, but it was Shuffle. it was it was it was great fun. It was really really good. You know, it was like 
was a couple of cars and stuff like that outside, kind of like, you know, there was cars for everyone to use. I mean, when I say cars, I mean, we're not talking kind of like Bentleys outside, but, you know, there was, a, there was a couple of kind of Ford Focuses outside yeah. that we'd sort of hired. So, you know, it might be that Rachel, our producer, saying, well, I'm going to take the red one and I'm going to go to the hypermarket and go and do like a big shop or whatever for, you know, does anybody want anything? And then me and Chappers would kind of go, well, we're going to take the blue one into Lisbon, you know, and just go go and have some lunch and a couple of beers and then maybe go and speak to, we went to speak to Reedy one day just because we could. You know, because he was there in the broadcast center. So we'd gone to kind of do like a little interview with him for our Saturday show. And so, yeah, we went and had a, had a, had a nice lunch and a couple of jars and went in and recorded Reedy. And, um, and then, then we went back. And I remember as well, we gave, <laughs> we gave away, we gave away on our Chappers and Dave Saturday show, we gave away, um, an England shirt signed by the whole team, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this was a big thing. But um, but when we say signed by the whole team, we meet the whole team on our on our radio show. Radio show. <laughs> me, me, Chappers, and Jocelyn, who was our producer. But we all signed it, you know, and that was our that was our thing. Yeah, we had a laugh. It was good. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. It does sound brilliant. No, you know, listen. I mean, and 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 by the way, and joking aside, and and I never ever take this for granted because it was just an amazing opportunity you know and i look back now genuinely and, and and pinch myself because it was this sort of mad roller coaster that we lived and those sort of trips that we you know and there was others as well you know mm. other, other amazing trips that we did and those sort of things were just you know really just really really lucky to do them and very very privileged and um yeah just great memories just back onto this obviously it's finished now but happy argentina won it messy yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I someone said this to me the other day, you know, and I, I was saying how, how much I enjoyed the final, and I said, so who were you rooting for? And I said, you, you know, I genuinely nobody, you know. Mm-hmm. It was one, of, I suppose, very slightly I was rooting for France, I think, and I right. don't really know why I was, but I mm-hmm. think just in my heart of hearts, and maybe maybe it was more on the balance of the game as well, because obviously, you know, Argentina looked to be in command and in control mm-hmm. early doors, and therefore maybe just to make it more interesting. Um, I suppose I wanted to see a, a French comeback, um, but I, I, mean, I wasn't rooting for anybody per se. Um, but the way that that game, you know, twisted and turned, and um, I mean, it was just phenomenal. And um, yeah, I mean, it was far better than I thought it ever would be, and and has already been described. Well, it's described at the time as being possibly one of the greatest World Cup finals of all time. And mm. and yeah, it was it was very very special to watch. And um, I mean, how can you ever? foresee a situation where Kylian Mbappe can end up scoring four <laughs> goals and still be on the losing side. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But please for Messi, mm-hmm. I think in terms of as arguably the greatest footballer of all time, I mean, mm-hmm. it's between him and Maradona, isn't it, in my mm-hmm. opinion? Um, and, and it's a toss-up between the two. But if he is indeed the best player of all time, and he could well be, you know, when you look at what he's actually done over the period of time that he's done it, yeah. um, I think for him to actually lift that trophy was was fitting, um, and uh, yeah, he fully deserves it. It's it's quite funny because uh, you know you mentioned Messi there, and, and it was the it was the absolute um, you know the absolute moment for a lot of people that that just signified that he is the best. I don't think I don't think he needs it to win it, but I think by doing it for a lot of people he is. But I did see something on Twitter yesterday, and it, it did make me think you know someone was saying how come in the space of a tournament the argument of who's better Messi and Ronaldo Ronaldo suddenly being relegated from second place to maybe you know fourth or fifth <laughs> and it did get me thinking but 
I think the, for the main reason is because we've been having this conversation about who's the best, and a lot of for a lot of people it's been, is it Messi and Ronaldo? I mean, I think I speak for Bazir as well as myself. Is we don't think Ronaldo's ever been in the conversation, not for I us just, anyway. I was just about to say that. I mean, for me, he's not even in the equation. No, you know, I, I, he's he's been a great player, yeah. but there's no way he's even comparable no, with Messi no. on any level. No. But I think what has happened is because we have had the conversation. I think the more people have started pushing other people's corners. We've made, I mean, because it's obviously Twitter and things like that where these conversations start are full of young voices who want to mm. shout the loudest. So therefore, they're always going to push Ronaldo. And then Ronaldo narrative, he's been an amazing player. He's been very, very lucky as of, as of message because his whole career has been broadcast on TV mm, and on yeah. social media. So therefore, you've seen every aspect of his game. Mm. You know, other players don't have that luxury. We have we have little snippets, and I think what's happened to John the tournament is more and more people have uh, have seen more and more clips of Maradona and and maybe mm. of Z- even Zidane. Who we don't, yeah. I don't look at Zidane as being that long ago, but it's you know, it's two thousand six. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a long time ago now. Four years ago since he won the world. Exactly. Yeah. So so and then you are, and then you factor in maybe some other people you know into that as well. We we speak so highly of. Of you know the original Ronaldo R nine, and then we got the documentary, and a few people woke up to how good and talented he was. And even me watching that documentary, I was like, I totally forgot that he went missing for two years of his mm. career and mm. come back and won a World Cup. Mm. And I think that's what's happened. The conversation has opened, and people have gone, actually, look at this fella, and look at the factors of why, of why he, you don't think he's the best. Maradona being the prime example because he was kicked all around the pitch. Mm-hmm. He, the pitches were terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a, not loads of footage. You know, I was talking to um, someone yesterday about Pele, and he was like, well, for me, Pele's the greatest because he turned up in three World Cups and won them all. And I was like, yeah, but you didn't see the other stuff. And he was like, yeah, but mm-hmm. that's the point. You didn't see the other stuff. So he's got a fair argument. I seen a journalist talking the other day about about saying how many people in the, in the UK of a certain age probably our dad's age saying about George yeah, Best yeah, and yeah. we were like well the reason why my our fella your our fella everyone's our fella thinks George yeah. Best was the best was because they went and watched them they saw them on a Saturday afternoon on terrible on, pitches on terrible like pitches, terrible and, pitches. And, and, and no no one in the current you know in the current era can go has got any evidence bar a few moments the reason why the reason why I'd take Best out of it the talent man oh, yeah, yeah. machine at all thing, but he'd he been there at 25 no no but I, I'm, I, I'm not discussing him as being one of the yeah, greatest yeah, players yeah. what I'm saying is, is that but what a footballer yeah. uh, all our all the all our pa- parents generation mm. would say he's the best because mm. they actually physically saw him sure, in the flesh yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's that can be actually seeing someone in the flesh as well can be you know, you see them on TV all the time, but when you actually see them, mm. I find this a lot with, certainly like Americans when they come over and watch games, Premier League games mm. in the flesh, and they go, "That game is a million times faster than mm. what I think it is on television." Mm. So there, there's so many factors. Perspective, I mean, isn't it? You see people. But do you know, do you know the one that I always think of and and, and have done for a while, and and you know, during his playing days, Alan Shearer, because for me, he he was always very much a typical British centre forward. You know one of those kind of sticker book centre forwards that you can imagine, you know, really old fashioned in the mm. way that he played it. And I mean that with the greatest respect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I've always kind of felt in the same way that, you know, we might ask, ask our parents and stuff like that. Did you see Stanley Matthews? Did you see so-and-so? Yeah. I kind of imagine that our own kids or even mm. grandkids might kind of say, did you see Alan Shearer play? <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, yes, I did, you know, and he genuinely was that good. He mm. was that just marauding goal machine. He was completely, you know, he was, he was, he was 
brutal in front of goal, wasn't he? Yeah, he was mm. an amazing player. Well, I'll throw another one in here because I was watching a little, there's like a little 15 minutes of the documentary I seen caught yesterday. Um, and it was Dennis Bergkamp. And yeah. I, it, it got me thinking mm. is there anyone, is there anyone in the Premier League, or saying was there anyone at the World Cup other than the usual suspect of Messi? Is there anyone out there at the moment who's as talented as Dennis Bergkamp? And Dennis Bergkamp wouldn't get incredible. in any of these lists, by the way, you know, mm. top 10. But is anyone out there at the moment as talented as him can do the things he did? You know, this documentary was all about the goal he scored against Newcastle, you know, the flick around the, the flick, corner, uh, he went yeah, around the other yeah, way. Yeah. And I was thinking, is there anyone really in world football at the moment who's as talented as him? And I really, apart from obviously Messi, I couldn't think of too many who've got that kind of talent. And it's something, again, where people would never talk about Bergkamp and go, what a player. But again, we saw him, we were lucky enough to see him in the flesh. And mm. you just think you take those plays for granted. Well, I seen something the other day talking about Wayne Rooney actually, because yeah. obviously same age as mm. Ronaldo, isn't he? And Messi. Um, and someone was saying that he had he's just he had just as much talent yeah. as those two players. It, Messi, I don't know, but he's better footballer than Ronaldo. Like Miles, better as a footballer, but didn't have quite the discipline. Maybe it's what Cristiano's got, or or the way Messi has. And, but you I know, think the the, un, the unusual, the unusual thing about Rooney, though, yeah. and that was why it was so special seeing him in the flesh for the first time. You know, mm. we said this before, and it was it was two thousand and two opening game, mm. wasn't it? Two two against Spurs, and and we'd heard about this, <coughs> we'd heard about this kid coming up through the through the youth. Um, and I don't know whether you'd seen anything of him, you know, beforehand in a training or whatever. But yeah, I, you know, I hadn't. We we we'd heard yeah. heard loads about this mm. kid and just, you know, he was going to be phenomenal. And you know, you kind of thought, well, you know, see see what happens. Yeah. And 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 he just looked instantly at 16 years of age, so at home in the middle of that park. And bearing in mind, he's playing against the likes of Teddy Sheringham, who was easily old mm. enough to be his dad. <laughs> I think. Um, I think. Jamie Redknapp was playing in that game as well, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Plays Not like sure, that, maybe, yeah. but certain, certain, certainly, certainly, uh, Sheringham was there. Yeah. And and I think the thing with Rooney is that he was quite unusual in his build because he was he was big and strong and and very. Uh, he wasn't going to get pushed off, and this is normally mm. the thing with young players, isn't it? Is often that you know they might be clever and they might be fast, but they actually they don't have the, the physical strength. Mm to actually hold their own in that kind of situation and and he had more than his own sort of physical strength um and and yeah i mean i think i think he had everything bar mm. as you say possibly the personal discipline to have kept himself focused you know mentally and physically for for maybe longer but mm. uh, and and you know you, and you looked at him and, and that was the other thing is that you you knew even from an early age you knew you kind of thought this lad's going to struggle with his weight. You know, if he's not careful, he's always going to struggle with his weight. It's, it's a strange a one, lad. isn't it, with, with with Wayne? Because obviously, yeah, you're, when you say that, he's the same age or he's just a little bit older and he could still potentially be playing. It does make you think, doesn't it? What if, what if he'd, what if he'd, you know, treated himself, himself a bit better the way, mm. obviously, yeah. the way obviously Ronaldo has and, and obviously Messi has and have not. It's strange because I don't know if it's a lack of professionalism. You're right, David. It's just a body type or, you know, mm. I think we've seen a little bit now, and without being disrespectful to him, it's like the minute he's, he's one of those players that, and and, and without I'll take actually take it away from Wayne Rooney. That Michael Ball wrote something about this, the ex Everton defender, not mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. upper singer, um, and he said he said his. Knee, I'd like to hear his viewpoint as well, though, would, by yeah, the way, if we ever get hold of that. He, yeah. he said 
he said now he was just a little bit before Wayne obviously but he said they they pumped them so many so, so full of so many uh, injections to get him on the pitch that his knees now are completely yeah. shot so and yeah, therefore he can't mm, go to the gym so of course he's put mm. on weight so people see him and they go ah you know footballer ex-footballer mm. look and let himself go and he's like I can't do nothing he said mm. some days I can't I have to he said uh, literally he said some days I have to go down the stairs on me on me no, on me bum he said yeah. he said I can't physically walk down the stairs mm. so Wayne Rooney starting at 16 fresh out the box being straight mm. into it Playing all those games, mm. playing all those games for Manchester United, every game, hardly missed a game, oh, yeah. you know, for, for any stretch of period. Then playing for England, you know, uh, coming back to Everton, going to America, all those things mm. played for a long time. You know, you it's dead easy to go, oh God, look at him, look at the look. Why isn't he playing now? And you're thinking because that kid played played every single game yeah, yeah, and was yeah. determined to. And now mm. maybe now, now many years of playing, yeah, and now maybe level, he's put on weight he? because number one, when you've been a when you've been between your job to be fit for that long, you're just like, you know what? I actually am gonna have a curry on a Saturday night and and mm-hmm. and, and all the rest of it. But number two, who knows what? what look at Michael Owen. Michael yeah. Owen's the biggest one. You look at Michael yeah. Owen. You you kind of go, he's not like you, but you look at him and go, wow, he looks so different than what you know. Yeah. You think of Michael Owen, and it, it is, but it's a testimony, I suppose, to the likes of Ronaldo. Just how disciplined he, yeah. he is, and he's like he's almost obsessive, isn't he? Doesn't put anything in his body. Yes, but again, going back to the going back to the comparisons to, you know, for me, mm. I think it's between two personally and mm. I think it's between I think it's the two Argentines. I think yeah. it's I think it's to do with um with Messi and and Maradona. And mm. I think longer career, longer period of time Messi for sure. Yeah. I think if I was to get pushed on it in terms of when you look at the natural ability and they've both got it in bucket loads by the way mm. but there's just something a bit more about Maradona I think just in, there's just a little bit more magic in terms of what he could and and it's interesting because and this is why they're so completely different from Ronaldo for me and from any other comparisons I know Dennis Bergkamp's a completely different player mm. it's it's the way they're so compact yeah. and the way they're so well balanced mm. you know and these are the sort of players that that I always enjoy you know, yeah. watching. Mm. You know, uh, it's a it's a flattering comparison, but you know the likes of David Silver as well. You know, mm. small, yeah. compact, clever players, beautifully balanced. Aguero as well, different mm. sort of player, but same kind of balancing. Um, All little and, fellas, and yeah. They are, but mm. they, they, they those to me are the, are the players yeah. that that I want to watch. You know, and I'm I've never been into, you know, again, <laughs> I've never been into kind of lanky midfielders for example you know I know mm-hmm. we have one in Onana and we hope that he'll do very well but you know the likes of of his style and 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 watching you know even even Patrick Vieira and stuff like that in his day it's not it doesn't really do it for me mm-hmm. even though I know I can see how effective they are yeah, yeah. Like no, and, and, and Rooney sort of fits into that box mm-hmm. as well doesn't he with that size player yeah. no it is yeah. it could, does come down so I think do you think when people talk about Messi and Ronaldo, which again I don't understand why they do, I really don't. But Ronaldo, the, Ronaldo to me is is a like, it's all about power and pace and, and about. Mm. The, don't get me wrong, there is lots of technical ability, but what you just said there, Dave, well, Messi and 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 Maradona, there's, there's the magic in their feet. There's mm. magic in their Go feet. Go into four plays and come out exactly. With the ball. Just but don't you think? Don't you think that so, so someone like Ronaldo is brilliant at what he does? But it feels very much like he is 
rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed those mm. patterns of things on the training ground. So, you know, his free kicks yeah. and, and he was, you know, he was, for me, he was quite one-sided as well, Ronaldo. This sounds like I'm having a criticism of one of the greatest players that's ever walked the planet, but do you know what I mean? Mm. And and where I think the other two that were saying could just instinctively yeah. cope with anything. I mean, yeah. listen, the other one we haven't mentioned in this is Gaza. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of so in terms of yeah. that natural ability of just having the ball in the middle of the park and needing to do something magical to get mm. out from between those two or three players which is what we'd imagine Maradona yeah. to do and what we'd imagine uh, Messi to do. Mm. I tell you what, Gaza could do that as well yeah. in his day. Just yeah. that instinctive it magic. Was, the problem with him, it was, it was three or four years and then the, the injury, once the injury, yeah, yeah, yeah. never ever the same. But, he, but he, it, in them years, 80, 86, coming towards the end of 86, when he got into the Newcastle side till 91. Isn't it, isn't it sad? Isn't it sad though? It's like, you have a player like, like Gaza and obviously you have Play at Rooney, and they they their natural ability comes from being almost unprofessional, coming mm. from playing. It's not coached in an academy. It's mm. not you know. There's nothing. There's no. There's nothing like that involved. It's about natural talent coming out on the playing playground on the, street, on the streets, mates, yeah. doing what you want to do. But then the flip side of that is when you become a professional. And this is a lot less with Rooney, by the way. But I'm somehow just just talking about sometimes temperament is that when that comes at the end, Gaza needed then that professionalism he needed maybe an Alex Ferguson mm. in his career not a Terry Venables mm. to look yeah, after him yeah, yeah. he needed someone who would actually grab hold of him and it's it's the de- it's actually the devil in them that makes them the play they are but then also yeah. makes them self-destruct and we know that with yeah. plays like Eric Cantona as well and people mm. like that and there's loads of plays even even with Zidane we talk about Zidane we talk about you know his last ever World Cup yeah. game and, and we, you know what he done it's that little bit of devilment we obviously always it's a fine line and Gazza just didn't have any professionalism about him you go back and mm. you look at what it's the people around them no but I also I, think, I also think it's just education coming through isn't mm. it you look at like you look at like if you ever look at like like the Graham Taylor uh, documentary he's just a big kid yeah, and yeah. no one could grab hold of him and go no, no you've got it all you're mm. a professional now you you don't need to act like this, mm. and that's where. But that's a. I think that's more of a day-to-day thing. I don't think a Graham Taylor could have done that. I think that's a day-to-day manager who's who's just wearing them down. And to go back to what you were saying about early about Rooney, I think that's what Ferguson did. He took the edges off, but unfortunately, when he took the edges off him as a player, mm. he become this player who would play in every position to make sure Ronaldo was the number one player or mm. someone else was the number one player. And suddenly, you had this, yeah. you know. Wayne should have been playing up front, should have been the main man, should have been Man United star, but he 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 knew Ronaldo was was only willing maybe to do one job mm. and therefore Wayne had to fit in. But Wayne was happy to fit in because he'd had those edges taken off. And I don't think Wayne was ever as good a footballer in terms of like just getting your bum off your seat than when he played at Everton in those mm. two years. Mm. Mm. No, you should we see that the players don't need to do that. Mm. The way it is, but and the other thing, obviously, like Messi and Ronaldo, have had have been at top clubs the whole careers yeah. as well, haven't they? They've always generally been at the best clubs, winning the best games and all that. So, can I bring in? Can I want. can I bring in somebody else for? And again, this is a very very flattering comparison, but I wonder if there's anything in this just in terms of potential. And you're talking obviously about you know Wayne when he was a kid with us before he went to to United in 2004. Is whether or not. Were there not hints of something with Ross Barkley in so much as that ability to, 
you know, kind of quite explosive mm. pace from nowhere, mm. well-balanced, strong, stocky, almost, you know, and somewhere, and again, hugely compa- uh, hugely flattering comparisons between Rooney and, and, and Gazza and whatnot. Now, the, the problem with Barkley for me is that he had no end product. Mm. You know, he could, he could explode and he could beat first man, second man, third man, but it's then that ability to know what to do with it, you know, mm. to actually, you know, push it sideways um you know the, the he'd always run into a brick wall eventually mm. but was there not something in him where you kind of thought with the right polishing and molding and coaching here we could have a really really special player um i don't know i mean maybe it was just no, me I, that saw that i think he i think he was i think he was a i think he 100% had something and i think and obviously martinez loved them to bits i think and i think i think maybe if martinez had stayed which obviously would have been detrimental to to, ev- to the, everything else. Then maybe Ross would have turned out to be a very very good player. I think mm. he definitely had. He's got. I don't think he's got. I think he's got the kind of talent you don't. You very rarely see someone who can pick mm. up the ball and get you up the pitch sixty yards. Yeah. And you're right, it's what he'd do at the end of it. And maybe he should have simplified it. And just he used to get eight goals and six assists. No, no, no listen, from he was, brilliant. He was a brilliant player, and we mm. we could do with him right now. Mm. We could probably still do with him right the, <laughs> the Ross Barkley mm. right now. But again, it's that thing. It's the pathway, isn't it? It's mm. the pathway of of who's looking after you. He got a manager at Everton, you know, with, under Cumin, who who just didn't have any time for him, mm. and 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 dropped them and and made them basically leave the club, and 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 then he went to Chelsea, where it where it's a it's a factory. It's yeah. a it's a it, clubs like Chelsea are just factories. Mm. They just they just sweep all the talents up, and then mm. if they don't work, if it doesn't work, they just push them out, and mm. it doesn't matter to them. But players, lots of players will. Well, um, their careers will be if they continue. We've had this discussion earlier yeah. on this week, actually, with players. If players continue to just be motivated by going to a Champions League team, but not understanding what the actual pathway is going to be for them, then we're going to lose so much talent in this country yeah. where it should be. Because we we had this a couple of days ago, Dave. We were saying Ross was mentioned. Um, I think even Lukaku was mentioned, mm-hmm. and a couple more saying sometimes you've just got to know. What your not where your ceiling is is such, but just look at it and go. You know what? If I I'm loved at this club, I could be a legend, and also I could take this club on. Whereas too many footballers are happy to move on, become a squad player because obviously there's nine places on the bench and they'll get the odd Champions League game and when they win a trophy they'll be in the picture even though they're mm-hmm. not involved. Mm-hmm. And I think more and more footballers need to start looking around going. The grass isn't greener, and and I understand the the other side. Of the argument is, well, you only get one green, you've got to take your chance. I that's fair enough. If you're brilliant and you're going to play week in and week out, and you're going to be a big part of the squad, then no problem, no problem at all. The latest one, obviously, was with Charles, and he wanted to try Champions League football. I've gotten, mm. But some of them, I just think, stay where you are. Well, Anthony, Anthony Gordon would have fallen into exactly the yeah, same yeah. trap as Barkley, I believe, had mm-hmm. he gone to Chelsea. You mm-hmm. know, and obviously that didn't materialise. And and everything that you're saying now, Ped, is arguably advice for for Anthony Gordon at mm-hmm. this moment in time, and perhaps the sort of advice that he should be having professionally from whoever his advisors and people are. Because I think that you know what you've said there, in you know I think he I think he'd be completely lost at a Chelsea. I, I genuinely do. Mm. Um, I think he's a I think he's a good player. I don't think he's I don't think he's necessarily a world class player, but I think he's mm. a very good player. And I think that that's the difference. And I, I can just see him, 
as I say, following very much in the footsteps of Ross Barkley. Absolutely. If he was to go down that route. Um, and it would be a shame, mm. you know, whereas arguably in terms of where he is with his career and, 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 and where he is with his stage of life, I think that... Um, I think that he's better off staying with. And by the way, and that's not just a that's not just a blinkered kind of Evertonian viewpoint. Because to be honest with you, you know, you could say the same thing about an other about about another club. If he was at a Villa, if he was at a Leicester, if he was at somewhere like that, you know, I'd kind of say, "Listen, I'm sorry that we lost him to Villa, or I'm sorry that we lost lost him to Leicester." But actually, the best place for him at this moment in time is to stay at that club. Yeah. Um, and it's about where you are and where you fit, and I think where you you know, where you are in the hierarchy of that. And if you're just going to be a bench warmer um, and you want to, as you, as you say, get the odd, get the odd, you know, sort of appearance in the Champions League and get your medal and get your photograph at the end of the day, you know, life's about more than that. It's about actually kind of like proving what you can do on the biggest stage that you can possibly do it. And that's not always necessarily the biggest stage in the world. Yeah. Do we have that's to talk about Everton though? No. No, we don't. We... Let's finish with non-football okay it's been okay, very football sh- Everton mm-hmm. the turn next week against Wolves at home and we'll win That's all there you go say. there you There's go no more needs to be said full preview there you go there I like that preview. Go. it's a game we've got to win we said it we said I'm it talking about we it said then. it we said it wow <laughs> Said it a while ago. So what? We, so you two were depressing Andy last really week over depression. Christmas. No, it's. I think. I think. I think people people mistake um, uh, you know depression and Grinch like behaviour for realism. And I think that me and Ped are very much you know Yuletide realists, and we were just trying to deliver a healthy slice of realism mm. to the Bushmeister. Was the Bushmeister all over it? Was he? Was he loving it? Bush lives in the perfect mm. world, doesn't he? He lives in a little toy town outside London he can either sit there in his bills and make radio sta- shows for his radio station radio stations all eight mm. of them you know or he can you know get on the train and you know jump jump onto into London where he's you know idolised by the millions and, and, and walking down Oxford Street with all the lights with, with the very much like uh, Love Actually um, because that's what London exactly is like at Christmas and um, you know Dave Berry takes a week off to go to the Caribbean, and he's you know he has to do the morning show, and he's he's, he's all over it, isn't he? He was happy. So he, me and Dave were just like, well, yeah, well, you know, I'm what, good for you. What do you mean, I'm what? <laughs> no, um, I think we just we we just we weren't we we weren't maybe as ho 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 as yeah. as he oh. thought that we might have been. Um, but you know, listen, I'm one of those people. I'm normally quite pleased when Christmas is over. Ah, you know, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I do like it. But then again, I'm a bit like that with my birthday as well, to be honest with you. I'm always yeah, happy birthday, when, yeah. when it's gone. Birthdays you know? are a bit, you know. The, 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 the pressure's on you for your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's I on you, bit... isn't it? It's like, what do you want to do? It's like, I don't really want to do anything. I know. Oh, it's yeah. all about you. It's all about yeah, you. And yeah. I'm a bit like, oh, you know, like my birthday's on the 24th. And I can't wait for it to be the 25th because I'm just thinking, oh, you know what? For another year, it's not about me. Oh, like, Dave. You know, Come on, Mark. And I think alone. that's what Jesus is like. Yeah, and and you know, and you know what? In many ways, in many ways, Peter, you know, you and I both have a little slice of Jesus in us. I think, just a slither, just a slither. You know, Uh, know, so you're not really looking forward to Christmas, then, Dave? That was a shame. Well, you know, I mean, in a public forum, and I suppose technically this is, you know, I like to say yes, I am, and 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 it will be a wonderful time, and it will be great to see everybody and and whatnot. But um, you know, and and and. Listen, if, let's let's say that yes, I am. But but by the same token, I'm also quite looking forward to to it, it being being done for another year. 
How about uh, that? Okay. I mean, that was okay. It just, yeah. Right. And what about you? I'm not. I am not. I am not of the same sentiment. I I enjoy it. I mm. I don't know where 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 Andy's uh, issues came from last week. I think you know. I maybe I was just a bit Christmased out because I just had the Christmas mm. experience of a lifetime, mm. and I was just a bit like, yeah. I mean, that's so what, Andy. Big mm. deal. You get to go on a train. Good for you. Choo choo. Choo no, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward mm. to Christmas. I, I, yeah, it's. Quite, I'm quite relaxed about the whole thing. Mm. It's just football we're saying, and then that's the that's real the issue. Thing. See, yeah. I love, I love Christmas. I must admit, I do. Love do it. you though? I, I mean, are you, are, yeah, you proper, proper happy yeah, little Christmas. I, I do, I do love it because mm. I just think it's. I think it's just totally different to any other time of the year, and I like mm. that. I like the fact that, like, I, I, when I was younger, I used to love seeing so many people over Christmas. I'll be honest, you know, I don't mind sitting in now <coughs> and doing whatever, watching films and and, and and having some time away from everyone else as well. But we but I will see people and obviously we have people for Christmas Day and all that. So we will get to see everyone and I'll still see my mum and dad and stuff. But I just like the whole do like that period just because it is totally different to any other time in the year, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I like it and there is that week. Um I, I just wish there was 18 foot of snow and there was no football that would that would be perfect I wish there was well, no, you mean no. the week in between yeah, Christmas yeah. and New Year yeah, See, I don't no, think there should be any football I don't they, think there should be anything they should just break the should shut down they should week. just break and mm. certainly football they should play the last game before Christmas and that should be it till after New Year Yeah, and just give everybody a break from it and, and you know I'm seeing people I can't wait to get to this game and that game and the other game they'll thinking, learn why no, but these are like even in the athletics today. I was reading something and it was like, you know, football fans can't wait for three games in a week. I'm just like, really? To be Why? fair, to be fair, we we were sitting here watching four games in a day and we were loving. But that it, was the World Cup. I know, great. but people have the same feeling yeah. about that the Man football. I mean, what, what, I mean, watching watching Everton once a week at the moment is it's too much. Work, often, you know, so the idea of watching multiple you know games over <laughs> over a close succession. Is 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 potentially painful, but I mean the thing is though. Let's 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 be let's let's end on a positive. I Go think um, because you know prior to the World Cup, we kept looking at the at the at the table and the fixtures and whatnot and saying.